The coffee is brewed, phone lines are open, and the morning team is ready to roll. From the Robinson Auto Group Studios, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Got to have friends. The feelings are so strong. You got to have friends to make that day last long. I had some friends, but they're gone. Something came and took them away, and from the dust till the dawn. Here is where I'll stay. Good morning, good friend. Welcome to the program. Bob Slaughter and I hope to be your friends on the radio every weekday from 7 to 10. And if not, to heck with you. If, you. if you don't want to be friendly to us, then to heck with you. That's what I say. That's that's just my, my nasty approach to life sometimes. Well, give us a chance. Give us a chance. I think you'll find us. You'll probably like me. You probably won't be too crazy about Howard, but that, but that's all right. Give us a chance. Just give us a chance. Give us a chance. 8.09 in the morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show. 65 at the Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. 63. At the Highlands, 60 in Elm Grove, right off the pool deck where I hope to be in just a couple of hours. And 61 degrees at the Robinson Otter Group Studios downtown Wheeling here in the heart of the Ohio Valley. It's going to be pleasant and clear, a hot day today, mid-80s. Mid-80s all week long, pretty much. Uh, once the fog burns off, and I don't know if it's burned off yet or not. It was pretty thick coming in this morning, but when the fog is gone, it's going to be a nice, clear day, good, sunny day. Uh, UV index is going to be high. I saw Zach Petty saying that on the Big 7 yesterday, and Adam confirmed that for us. So if you are out in the sun, maybe going to the pool like I hope to be able to do, uh, sunscreen, mandatory today. It's going to be very important. Um, and we'll have another good day tomorrow. Tomorrow pretty much almost like today as well. So there, that's what uh, we have to look forward to. Top of the morning this morning, the Bob Huggins saga continues as the former coach says someone else sent his resignation notice. Not him. The question I have is who would it be? I think he's thrown his wife under the bus if I read it correctly, but we'll talk about that. WVU replies, look, we don't care what you're saying in your emails and texts and you got the attorney and so on. You resigned and we're accepting the resignation. We don't need any other kind of resignation and you're not coming back as coach. WVU has been strong and firm about that. Ohio County has the highest number of bridges in poor condition in all of West Virginia. I'll share some of that information with you. And later on next hour, whatever happened to the cracker plant in Belmont County? Actually, I don't know. I believe in my mind it's gone by the way of wild escapes. But but there is a nearby cracker plant in Beaver County, which had been supposedly going to be another great economic boon to the, that area. And the Ohio River Valley Institute did a study of all the economic impact of that plant now that it's almost done. And they say, you know, all those great big economic predictions, not so much. Didn't come true. We'll talk about that coming up in the next hour. And Tom Scateri has the uh, Pentagon report coming up with us here in a minute or two. I do want to remind you that you can join us on the phone line at 304-232-8255, 304-232-TALK is the Frio Stack Auction Service hotline, or you can use the Frio Stack Auction Service text line at 304-214-1600, 304-214-1600. Happy to hear from you any which way we can. And also, again, I call it housekeeping. I want to remind you, we are aware our audio streaming service is down. If you go to TuneIn Radio uh, or to our website, where the audio streams normally are. They are not streaming today. I, I am sorry. I've gotten a lot. I mean a lot of texts about that. As I said last hour, Bob, what amazes me is I didn't realize how many people do listen online here in the morning uh, and for whom 
it is a great disservice that we're not available online. But it is only because, once again, we are improving things. We are making some big changes to our streaming service as well as everything else here. And we're in the process of that right now. So um, I don't know exactly when. I'm hoping today. I know I said that yesterday. Um, but I'm hoping we'll get it back up and running. In the meantime, apologies, but understand it's being done for a good reason. My other housekeeping item is that uh, I have I succeeded again yesterday. I can't tell you I'm going to do this every day. I'm going to try. Uh, I've begun posting the entire show every day, usually before noon. Uh, if you want to listen to us after 10 o'clock in the morning, um, three hours of this show are posted Hour one, hour two, hour three, separately and individually. You'll hear the news, you'll hear the commercials, and you'll hear Bob and I and all of our clever banter, which is really important. So um, I've been very good about getting it up uh, every day before noon. I can't tell you it's always going to happen that way, but I'm going to try my my darnest. So that is uh, my housekeeping this morning. Bob, we, I mentioned the new restaurant in Elm Grove just opened yesterday. A Mexican restaurant, they call themselves Street Tacos. It's Chaco's Street Tacos or something like that. Uh, had dinner from there last night. I don't know what it was because I didn't order it. My, Actually, my son ordered it for me when I came home from a meeting. I thought it was really good. But you got a call about that. I did. My, my number one source out there, my friend Jim from down in Marshall County, uh, said about the place, Howard, and uh, really liked it. And uh, according to Jim, that uh, they, they, they put a sign that they have moved to Elm Grove and uh, Jim gave it a two thumbs up, so it's really, really good. Did you tell me it was a it was a, uh, a food truck? A food truck. It was yes. a food truck. You see a lot. Of Seems that. like that's trending, right? They 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 get a pretty good following. They build up a good business, and they go to a I guess uh, just a, a regular business. They turn in it. I'm like you. I, I wish them nothing but the best. I'm just concerned about the parking. That could be. You're thinking well, Little Elm Grove. That's a problem. Yes. Yeah. It, it, right El- there on 40, you just can't find a place to park. Elm Grove has the potential to grow more businesses. Uh, there is something that I think is desperately needed in the Grove area, and that is a coffee house, maybe slash donut shop, something like that. I'm not talking about a Dunkin' Donuts franchise, but you know, a a privately run coffee shop, morning coffee donut. But the problem is, in Elm Grove, believe me, I thought about it. There really isn't any place. There's no location for that, and there's in in the down what downtown Elm Grove. There's just no parking. I don't know what the ultimate answer to that is, but until they resolve that, it's always going to be difficult for any business to begin to grow as much as they as they would like to. This new place, again, I think I'm calling it correctly. I think it's called Chaco's. It is in what was Big Shot Bob's for a while, and they went out. And I suspect Big Shot Bob's went out because there was no parking, and you know, it was just too difficult. But um, I, I just speaking for myself, mm-hmm. it was a what I had was just a bunch of crap thrown together, and that's not a criticism. That's a, if you ask me, what is your favorite? A bunch of crap thrown together. I like it. It had shrimp and it had uh, uh, beef and it had chicken and it had mushrooms, and it had uh, uh, rice. You know, fried rice. Oh man, just it was it was great. It was just absolutely great. So, and thanks to Jim for calling in on the Frio Stack Auction Service Hotline and sharing that with us. All right, it's 816. Uh, We'll talk about the Bob Huggins story coming up a little bit later on. A little bit more movement, maybe, on appointing a new member to the Ohio County School Board. I'll tell you what little more we do know about that coming up. And Ohio County bridges are among the worst in the state. Hey, how about that? We're number one. We'll talk about all that later on. We'll talk to Tom Scateri coming up next. 
Hi, it's Hoppy Kirchhoff Talk Line on Metro News. And on Talk Line, we talk with the newsmakers like Senator Shelley Moore Capito. If this doesn't get every single person connected adequately, shame on everybody, but this will do it. We are totally poised for this. This is one of the largest uh, grants out of this program for our state. Talk Line weekdays at 10.06 right here on this Metro News radio station. We'll talk to you then. serious injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries. What if you cannot return to work? How do you take care of your family if you're disabled? At Gellner Law Offices, we represent seriously injured people and understand their problem. We know how to get you fair compensation. We will work hard to make sure you get the money you deserve for your losses. Don't go it alone. If you're hurt in an accident, call us at 304-242-2900 or visit us at gellnerlaw.com. We'd like to help. These are the 100 days of summer. And this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Such a feeling's coming over me. There is wonder in most everything I see. Not a cloud in the sky. Got the sun in my eyes and I won't be surprised if it's a dream everything i want the world to be is now coming true especially for me and the reason is clear it's because you are here you're the nearest thing to heaven that i've seen Oh, the carbon bomb. I don't know why you said this is not good stuff today. Music of 1973, 53, uh, 50 years ago. And you said they're all number one songs? Yeah, not only just the music, this was a big hit. It's I a guess. huge hit. I don't remember it being a hit, but I knew you would, Howard. Were you not a fan of the Carpenters? Probably not nearly as, as big as uh, you were. I, would, I saw them twice in concert. No, so the answer is no, Howard. I was not. <laughs> yeah. I saw, once they were here in Wheeling, Capitol Theater, I think, and then uh, once in Morgantown when I was a student down there. Oh, the Carpenters. I loved them. That great music, great music. I had them on the the record player in my dorm all the time. Saturday night, wanted to feel depressed? Put on a Carpenter song <laughs> if you're all by yourself. So today's uh, bumper music, uh, bumper music from 50 years ago, number one songs of 1973. Tom is with us, our Pentagon reporter and national correspondent. Tom, good morning. You remember the Carpenters, right? One of the best Christmas songs, holiday songs ever. That's Aaron right. Carpenter. That's right. Merry Christmas. Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. You know, I, uh, everyone, I'm a, everyone thinks I'm a hard-boiled, you know, reporter, blah, blah, blah. And I am. I'll take credit for that. <laughs> but I think that the Carpenter's songs, the messages, a little bit sugary at times. I'll admit that with Bob, you know. But uh, it's it's the stuff of poetry. Yeah. You know, it's, it's talking about what people think about. So, you know what? It's a big world. The music world is a big world. It's it's designed, I hope, to have entrances for so many things. And the Carpenters 
are proud to be in. You know, they should be in that. Bob, so there you go, Bob. Sorry. <laughs> no, Bob, you, thank Bob you, Tom. Bob selects the bumper music every day, and he usually, he, almost always, he has a theme for the bumper music. And today's theme, he decided, was going to be the music of 50 years ago, the music of 1950, uh, 1973. Uh, but he told me earlier, he goes, you know, I'm going to tell you, this is just bad music, bad music. <laughs> so far, every uh, we did. Um, Tie yellow ribbon around the old oak tree, Tony okay, Orlando. Okay. And Tom. I, I'll, I'll get it with that. I, 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 I would accept it. I'm with Paul on that one. Yeah. Oh, what else did we do? We did um, Bad, Bad, Leroy Baron, Brown. Jim Croce. Um, Is that the one where uh, Big Jim uh, goes in and knocks him down and they switch yeah. allegiances real quick? That's yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, oh, bad, I'm bad, bad Leroy Brown. Yeah, I'm exactly. The exactly. <laughs> and the Carpenters. And one more. OJs? We did the OJs. We did the OJs. Yes. Oh, gosh. What was that? What was that? One? The uh, love train. Jump on that love train love with us, Tom. Love train. Love yeah. train. Yeah. yeah, I gotta, Bob. You know what? I gotta say that. Uh, it, let's put it this way: seventy-three was a challenging year in many ways. <laughs> See, I told you. There you go, Tom. <laughs> so far, I have been happy with every single song, and I thought they were great. Eight twenty-one in the morning on the Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, usually, we start off with some national political news, but really, the yeah. international scene is pretty, um, uh, pretty busy today. So, I want to talk about that. President is uh, is I'm not sure where he is Villainous. today, but he's, he's going to the NATO Villainous. summit. Yeah, he's in Vilnius today, and at the NATO summit, he, he's there. And this is a, a, a high level. Summit. In other words, the heads of state are at. It's not just not just defense ministers; it's the heads of state who are attending. This is like the big the big show. There are a couple of potential entries into NATO. It looks like Turkey may be able to um, be added to NATO. Well, you know, I'm going, to, I'm going to do something I rarely do here, Howard, which is conflate international and national news. Sure. I have been, I have been so, you know, two, two names have driven me crazy over the last couple of weeks. Erdogan, the president of Turkey, and Tuberville, the <laughs> senator from Alabama. And if you look at both of these individuals, they're a lot alike. And they have a mission, despite the, the greater good, you know, as, as many would say, to make a point that is uh, obtuse at best, you know, and often misguided and inaccurate. So Erdogan, you know, didn't want Sweden to come into NATO because he thought that they were too lax on the way they treated Kurdish militants that Turkey wants to have sent to their country to try for their alleged role in a coup years ago. So what we're seeing is free expression and democracy versus an autocracy. Well, Erdogan eventually folded. Uh, for listeners who don't understand how NATO works, every member of NATO has to vote yes on a new member. And Turkey and Hungary have blocked Sweden's entry. They agreed to Finland. So yesterday in a high-stakes meeting with the, with Soltenberg, the NATO Secretary General, the Swedish Prime Minister, and Erdogan, they hammered out this compromise. Parts of it are good. The best part about it is that uh, NATO will, will, will set up an anti-terrorism council to look at terrorism, which is not a bad idea, you know, looking at it continent-wide as opposed to individual nations. Sweden promises to tougher, toughen up its terrorism laws and resume exports of weapons to Turkey, and Turkey, uh, Erdogan says he'll support the entrance. Now, what has to happen? They're not going to get in uh, in time for the celebrate, as they hope, this meeting, you know, because Turkey has to approve it. Hungary still has to approve it. And then it has to go through the protocols. But it's going to happen, which is good news for Sweden, good news for NATO, bad news for Russia, because now that entire area, you know, the Nordic countries, Norway, Sweden, and Finland, the Baltic nations, Poland, Germany, in other words, that whole sea up there, the Baltic Sea, is now a NATO sea, essentially, and they have surrounded Russia. So that's not, that's not good news at all for Russia. Erdogan tried to get in to make a quid pro quo 
we'll let Sweden into NATO if, if the EU, the European Union, lets us into the EU, which has been an issue in Turkey for more than a decade. Yeah, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen, right? And it didn't. So, you know, that's good news from there. All right. Then there is some talk about whether the Ukraine should be in NATO, but it looks yeah. as if both this country and others don't feel feel that this is the right time to roll the Ukraine into NATO. Am I right about that? You're absolutely correct. And it's not a question of shouldn't Ukraine be in NATO. It's the timing. And President Biden made it pretty clear on Sunday. I think it was a CNN interview uh, that he said, no, the time it's not the time to have them in. Uh, no one's saying they should not be in it. In fact, Erdogan, uh, over the weekend, who he met with President Zelensky of Ukraine, said Ukraine should be a member of NATO. So, you know, I, I, and I think a lot of people say that eventually it makes a lot of sense. But look, Ukraine's at war right now with Russia. And if they were a member of NATO now, that means all of the NATO nations, including the United States, would be at war with Russia. And it's just not the timing now. What they are going to promise Ukraine probably, and this is me uh, going out on a limb a little bit, is to, to fast-track Ukraine, much like they did with Finland and Sweden. In other words, don't go through the years of protocol and examination, in large part because NATO nations have been cooperating with Ukraine, as we know, and training them and bringing them up to so-called NATO standards. In other words, making them with the same weapons, the same type of training, et cetera, that you need to integrate. And so I think, you know, once the, this is a post-war decision. Um, it would pop, if everything stayed the way it is now, meaning the way people feel about Ukraine, if the war ended tomorrow... Ukraine would probably be in very quickly, but not not. They're going to elevate Ukraine, uh, probably Howard, to a status on a, a council to give them security arrangements, much like and this is most well, people know this, much like NATO does for Israel. You know, Israel and NATO have a special arrangement where NATO promises um, security agreements. I don't know if you knew that or not. So, Actually, I did not you know, know that. No. Yeah, it's an enhanced status. Uh, and it's an important <clears throat> status, and it it does make Ukraine. Now, Israel has no interest in joining NATO, but but it does make Ukraine part of a, a special group. Now, uh, so the, the likelihood of Ukraine rolling in is high, but not until after the Russia-Ukraine war has come to some kind yeah. of resolution. Well, let's talk yeah. about let's talk about Russia. Uh, did we ever find <laughs> the uh, what was his name? Uh, uh, Proz help me. Prigozhin. Yeah, Prigozhin. Did we ever? The last we talked, he was sort of MIA. Did we ever find him? Well, I, I don't think we ever found him, per se. And by the way, why can't you pronounce it? It's only spelled P-R-I-G-O-Z-H-I-N. I mean, you know, <laughs> you, know you can say Squatiri, right? You can say Pergozin. <laughs> uh, the, most, the most interesting tidbit, Howard, on this, to, to me, which was revealed yesterday by uh, the Kremlin spokesperson, Dmitry Peskov, a little bit easier to pronounce, Yes, um, is that Fergosian, among with about 35 of his mercenary commanders, were invited to a meeting in Moscow when they met with Putin. So wait, wait, wait. hold on a second. They were invited to a meeting in Moscow. Now, this is the leader of these, whatever we're going to call it, we'll call it the revolution, the uprising, the whatever. whatever. Yeah, exactly. They were invited to a meeting with in the Kremlin, and they went? Yeah, they <laughs> went. And they're still alive. Apparently they're still alive. And that takes some, that takes some bravery. Um, you know, so Putin invited these guys, and, and he said, this is Peskov, the spokesperson now, speak, telling reporters yesterday. This happened last month, meaning it happened right after the um, mutiny. Uh, and he said that Putin had given, quote, an assessment of the Ukraine war effort as well as the mutiny. It occurred five days after the mutiny collapsed, and Wagner, the fighters, offered their explanation of what happened. Putin heard out the commanders and proposed 
uh, further employment options and further <laughs> combat options. Uh, I wonder what those options I'm are. I'm sorry. I, I just I have to chuckle at that, and, and maybe I shouldn't. Yeah. Maybe but for, further employment options, I don't what? I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, and now the other thing, the other Where's Waldo question is uh, the, the General Gerasimov. He's the chief of the general staff. He was a person who apparently was friendly with Fergosian and, and knew about the mutiny plans and sort of was out of sight for about a week. He was seen yesterday for the first time since January 21st, 4th. Excuse me, that was the day of the coup. And he was seen alive, so, you know, that's a good sign that he's still alive. Well, yeah, that's, if you've seen alive, that's yeah. a good sign. You've seen alive. Yeah, exactly. Alive, but... You see how, see how smart I am on these conclusions. Because it would, it, it, you know, uh, it's it's Russia, so uh, you know, yesterday is not the same as tomorrow. Right, and it's not a weekend at Bernie's thing, you know, where uh, <laughs> you know someone else is. <laughs> Listen, there's one other national, or inter- well, national slash international story I do want to talk about. It has to do with the the um, the Marine Corps. And yeah. the Marine Corps is without a leader right now. Did I read somewhere for the first time in like over 100 years? And this all comes down to Tommy Tuberville from Alabama still yeah. holding off on allowing military uh, nominations to be approved. Right. It's actually uh, you're, it's over 100 years, and it's actually, Howard, it's more than 150 years. Wow. So what happened is General Berger, <clears throat> his term as Commandant of the Marine Corps, expired um, Yesterday would have been what would what would have been called a change of command ceremony, except that his successor, who's currently the assistant commandant, has not been able to be approved by the Senate his nomination because of this hold that Tuberville has on all the general the four star flag and general officers. So he now will assume as a, sort of the acting commandant as well as continuing his own role of deputy commandant, which, it, it, you know, that's a lot to do, yeah. <laughs> just to be clear. So uh, here's here's the deal on this Tuberville thing. First of all, I'll be a little bit more blunt than normal in that Tuberville's reason for holding this is he says he's opposed to the Pentagon's policy on abortion, which he maintains inaccurately that the Pentagon pays for reproductive services such as abortion. They do not. Uh, they pay for the travel expenses of military personnel who are traveling to states where they can have mm-hmm. abortion services performed. That's part of a larger policy of reimbursing members for travel expenses for medical reasons. In other words, some people can't have certain other surgeries where they happen to be, and they may have to travel within the state or without, outside the state. Okay, so the, he's first of all misstating the policy, but I don't think he cares about that. I think he's making a point. Depending on who you speak with, Howard, you have up to 265 what's known as general and flag officer nominations that have been submitted. That are just sitting are currently there. Currently, they're just sitting on hold, right? And that's, of course, over all the services. And yesterday at a, at a briefing at the Pentagon, uh, Sabrina Singh, she's the deputy spokesperson, said uh, that's where it stands now. But by the end of the year, they could have as many as 650. So think about that. There are 852 general and flag officers in the military. These are four, what you and I would call four stars, okay, mm-hmm. or three stars, but, you know, top top officers. And that means there's uh, already 110 positions where people have either been asked not to retire, who plan to retire, or are being dual-hatted, like, in other words, doing two jobs at once. That's about 89% of all the officers could be vacant by the end of the year. Okay, or, or, you know, that's incredible. And now one more thing. I think I sent this to you in the note. 
But uh, the head of the Senate Armed Services Committee, Senator Reid of Rhode Island, said he, he calculated it would take – if you, you can do these one by one. Usually what happens is they're approved on mass. Group, you know, yeah. but this is not controversy over most of them. And if you want to do them one by one, he's counting 251, 668 hours. In other words, 84 days working just eight hours a day on these. 84 days to confirm each one of these individuals. Those in favor of Tom Scateri say aye, aye, move on. Those right. in favor of Monroe say aye, move on. Eight hours a day for 84 days just to clear up the backlog. Yes. Uh, you know, it, it, how does he not face the wrath of, I mean, he's holding. He does, well, he does. He does face the wrath. And just to, just to show you that bad ideas get copied quickly, uh, Senator Paul, Rand Paul of Kentucky, yes. he's doing it now for some State Department nominations. And your senator, well, senator across the Ohio River, Senator Vance, is doing it for some other nominations in another cabinet office, uh, department. So this is a, an idea, a bad idea that, you know, I'm you know, holding up stuff like this to make political points. But Senator McConnell, who's the Republican leader, has tried to seek a compromise. Uh, others have worked with uh, Republicans, I'm talking to make it clear, you know, they, they don't like this idea uh, because, they, they see it as an abuse of the thing. You know, to put a hold on a couple individuals to make a point would make the point. Put a hold on the chair of the Joint Chiefs, which is an important position. You don't want it to be held up, but, you know, make the point. Uh, but the other thing is that it, it not only it stops retirement and it creates a, you know, a dual-hatted, it also has a negative domino, um, domino effect because people can't move up. In other words, if you're a three-star and you're going to be promoted to four-star. You can't. I can't become a three-star until that position's open. By law, there's going to be so many four-stars, three-stars, et cetera. So you're creating a backlog. Families were supposed to transfer. Kids can't start school. There's all sorts of repercussions beyond the political point that, that he's trying to make. And you know what? These type of things tend to cause people to oppose his political point, a political point, because enough is enough, as they're saying. Yeah, I, I just can't – well, again, he is facing – his own party is even saying stop it, but yeah, uh, it's just hard for me to believe that a anybody but a Republican senator would would be so obs- obstinate about military nominations. I mean, I guess if we're talking about the Assistant Secretary for Trade or something, you know, a political position, but we're talking about military positions here. I can't. It's yeah, just, it, it's unfathomable to me. And so, as of at the moment, the Marine Corps has technically no top leader, right? Correct. Oh, that's good. No, 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 yeah, I mean, technically, yeah, and, and, and in actuality, I mean, obviously, the assistant commandant will do it. But you know, it's you're right. He doesn't have. There's no leader of the United States Marine Corps confirmed by Congress the first time in more than 150 years. Yeah. All right, Tom. I appreciate your help today. Now you're yep. you're on vacation next week. Is that it? I am on vacation. Yeah. How about that? That's uh, <laughs> that's good. Uh, Bob and I were talking off the air about taking our own little vacation. I don't know. I'd like to get – like you know what? I, I haven't been to Williamsburg. I have this idea I'd like to go to Williamsburg for a, a, a long weekend or a week or so. I haven't been down there for a long time. I love Williamsburg. Well, if you guys drive down, stop in D.C. It's on the way. You can make like, it on the way. That'd uh, be great to see Yeah. Well, I might, might well do that and make you know, a couple folks I can stop by and visit yeah. while I'm there. So that's uh, that's a good idea. So my wife and I just started talking about it last night or a couple nights ago that maybe we just take – you know, a long weekend or or a mm-hmm. half a week or something, and, and go. I I have a big vacation planned in the fall, but I'd like to maybe get something else in this summertime. And Bob, if I go away, where are you gonna go? I'm gonna come in here, Howard, and oh. uh, <laughs> have some fun. We're gonna go totally opposite direction, maybe. I don't know. Okay. Now, maybe I'll go to Williams. 
we'll, we'll take a van, maybe a room for me. <laughs> Stop and see Tom. There you go. There you go. Hey, Tom, appreciate it. Have yourself a great vacation then, and we'll talk Thank in you. two weeks. Thank you. Bye. Thanks a lot. Tom Scateri, our national correspondent and Pentagon reporter uh, here on the Watchdog Morning Show, traditionally every Tuesday, although not next Tuesday, because he'll be away uh, on vacation. I didn't ask him where he's going because I don't know if he wanted to tell us. He might have said, you know what? Uh, None of your business. No. <laughs> I don't know. You plan to go with me? I don't have to where no, I'm going. I'm, I'll tell you. It's 36, 24 to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Temperature rising a little bit. We're in the mid-60s. It's going to be a nice day today. Mid-80s is where we're heading. Forecast in a minute or two. And uh, let's check in with uh, TV7 right now. Taylor Long is back with us for the High Valley Headlines. Good Tuesday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this July the 11th. The controversy continues between former WVU basketball coach Bob Huggins and the university. One legal analyst says he doesn't think Huggins has a case. He released a statement last night through his attorney, David Campbell, in which he claims that he did not write or review the resignation that WVU released in the aftermath of his arrest. Meanwhile, WVU officials released letters that were exchanged back and forth between the university's lawyer and Huggins' attorney. WVU's letter to Huggins' lawyer strongly questions the allegations, calling them meriless and frivolous. Back here at home, officials in Brook County confirmed with 7 News that crews were on scene of a structure fire in Fallensby last night. Route 2 in the Fallensby area was shut down while the crews responded to the blaze. Details are limited this morning. Stay with 7 News and our website, WTRF.com, for additional updates. And a wheeling man faces charges in connection to a fatal motorcycle crash that happened last month on I-70. After receiving official toxicology results, police charged the motorcycle operator, 49-year-old Daryl Anthony Morgan, with one count of DUI causing death. Police say Morgan's blood alcohol content was nearly twice the legal limit. On June 9th, around 1 a.m., police were called to the I-70 exit 1B eastbound off-ramp, where two people on a motorcycle crashed into a concrete barrier. Police say the passenger was ejected from the bike and died instantly. Morgan was arraigned yesterday and released on a $10,000 bond. And Weirton police have released new details regarding a stabbing at the Marathon gas station in the downtown area. 55-year-old Weirton resident David Nelson Allen is being charged with felony malicious wounding for allegedly stabbing a man in the back. He is now in the Northern Regional Jail. That was a look at your headlines. Have a terrific Tuesday, everyone. I'm Taylor Long, working for you. Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery powered tools from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real steel. Find yours at steelusa.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. You want a hospital rising up to the challenges of today's health care demands. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital delivers the right care right here at home. Developing new and exclusive services. Recruiting top surgeons. We embody the mountaineer spirit. Building upon strong traditions. Pioneering medical care. Moving forward with compassion. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital. Delivering the right care. Right place. Right time. 
When deciding where to dine in the Ohio Valley, think first of the Highlands with a full array of quick service choices from McDonald's, Wendy's, Five Guys, Taco Bell, Jersey Mike's, Jimmy John's, Chick-fil-A, or DiCarlo's Pizza. Or you can dine in at Eden Park, Promanti Brothers, Texas Roadhouse, El Paso, or Quaker Steak and Lube. Whatever your family's in the mood for, you can find it just off I-70 at the top of the hill. The Highlands, dining, shopping, entertainment, and lodging. A serious injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries. What if you cannot return to work? How do you take care of your family if you're disabled? At Gellner Law Offices, we represent seriously injured people and understand their problem. We know how to get you fair compensation. We will work hard to make sure you get the money you deserve for your losses. Don't go it alone. If you're hurt in an accident, call us at 304-242-2900 or visit us at gellnerlaw.com. We'd like to help. Great conversation continues now on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. Of the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show is, is well obviously it is because you picked him. That's a '73 song. I never heard of the stories. Yeah, I, I, I guess I remember this song a I, little bit. Same with you when you I'm, number I, one. I recognize the song, but I don't know the stories. Um, but okay, there you go. When I, when I started radio, the very very first show I did, Teen Line, Teens Talking on Teen Topics. Um, on a Saturday morning show over at the radio station on the hill. And I was still in high school. And we picked our um, theme music, and I've often laughed at myself for this. The theme song for a talk show was The Sounds of Silence. I, I guess I liked the song, so we picked it, you know, Hello, darkness, my old friend, I have come to see you again. But I always thought silence had no sound. But apparently, according to a piece I'm reading here in the New York Times, silence does have a sound. If you could uh, control your bathroom habits a little bit more, you would have heard that right here in the studio. Also, Howard, ABC News said Simon and Garfunkel, they were right. Uh, Ruzi Go, a graduate student at John Hopkins University and one of scientists involved in a study, said that silence, this is an interesting phrase, Silence is the experience of time passing. Silence is an auditory experience of pure time. So silence is not silent. It is time passing. I've always believed that silence was a sound. I, I always thought that there was a sound of silence, and you don't get it very often, uh, but you know it when you hear it. I always thought silence was the absence of sound, but I uh, apparently am wrong. This new study says no. That the silence does have a sound. So, all right. People hear it without listening to it, is what uh, this survey says. Just goes to show you how far ahead of his time Howard Monroe was, even way back when. 1968 teen line, teens talking on teen topics. Although, how stupid was that <laughs> phrase for the name of the talk show? I did two talk shows when I was in high school. One was uh, on the radio, teen line. Actually, I did two radio shows in high school. Teen Line, Teens Talking on Teen Topics. How dumb was that? We had a more clever title. I did a Sunday night show on 
when WKWK was the big station in town, we did a Sunday night show there called Mind Over Music. And we would talk about important issues, and then we would play a little music. How with deep, it. Howard? Mind Over Music. And I did a cable TV show. Back before there was such a thing as cable TV shows, back when Waco was the cable channel, all right? And we were live from, quite frankly, the Waco Shack. I remember the first time I went to try and find the Waco Studios. I called it the Waco Studios. I'm driving through the wilds of Bethlehem. And I stopped at some house that had chickens in the front yard. And I said, you know, do you know where the, I'm looking for the Waco Studios? And the guy says, you, uh, you want the Waco Shack, is that right? <laughs> I guess, I don't know. And I had another clever title for that, Bob. And that would be? It's your bag. Your bag. It's your bag. Ah. It's your bag. That was a phrase of the time, you know, hey, it's your bag. And I drew the logo because, well, it was Waco. There was no such thing as, you know, budget or anything. I took a piece of poster board and I drew a bag. <laughs> that was our logo. So, teen line, teens, topic on, teens talking on teen topics. Mind over music, which is actually pretty good. And then, uh, it's your bag. But I got to tell you, I was far ahead of Fox News and everybody else on cable TV talk shows. We, we, um, we did some really, really good stuff. And then they told us we couldn't do it anymore. After the uh, TV show, the uh, Broadway show Hair came to town. You remember there's nudity in that and everything. And we began talking on the show about um, anal intercourse. Whoa. Whoa. And I can't at you that point, that now, yeah, I'm not later. sure I could even say that now. Am I in trouble now? Good yeah, thing, Where's the dump button? You know, really, 53 years later, I could still. Um, yeah, and the executives from the cable company said, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's been Again, nice having you. You're way, way ahead of your time there, Howard. It's been nice having you boys, but it's not going to do that. Anyway, that, how do, oh, because the sounds of silence. So that was, my, that was the beginning of my career way back uh, when, 1968. 14 to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Bob Hoggins, Bridges in Ohio County, the Cracker Plant, all of that's coming up. Hi, it's Hoppy Kirchival Talk Line on Metro News. And on Talk Line, we talk with the newsmakers like Senator Shelley Moore Capito. If this doesn't get every single person connected adequately, shame on everybody, but this will do it. We are totally poised for this. This is one of the largest uh, grants out of this program for our state. Talk Line weekdays at 10.06, right here on this Metro News radio station. We'll talk to you then. How much could a cyber attack cost your business? The costs stemming from a cyber attack can vary tremendously, but are extremely significant. Recent studies have shown that the average cost of a data breach to small business can range from $120,000 to $1.2 million. In addition to financial loss, companies also suffer downtime, lost opportunities, and data recovery expenses that can all quickly add up. Could your organization survive a cyber incident? If you are unsure if you are doing enough to protect your data, reputation, and dollars from cyber criminals, contact the team at Omni Strategic Technologies today. Omni has the right tools and support to help keep your business protected. Call 304-242-7600 and schedule your free consultation today or visit omniperforms.com. Omni Strategic Technologies, the only cybersecurity and advisory firm that the watchdog trusts. Oh,
Keep up with the ever-changing world of sports all night long. Sports Map Radio is on the Watchdog. FM 98.1 AM 1600. He has his say. You can have yours. Text us or call us and join the conversation. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. thinking maybe I shouldn't have talked about that before the break. I'm still in shock. But I mean, it was 50, what, 53 years ago. I don't think Donnie Gilbert would have said that out. 53 years ago, I knew it was taboo. Well, I didn't know it was taboo because I was too young to understand what that meant. But so you think 53 years later, I could talk about it, but maybe not. Now that I'm thinking about it, I probably should not have said that. And I'm not going to say it again. I'm just going to just just uh, just going to leave it alone. Coming up today, statewide talk line. Hoppy Kirchival continues on vacation. Jeff Jenkins will join Dave Wilson to talk about the Huggins story. We'll talk about that ourselves here in a minute or two. More Capito, one of the candidates for governor, will be coming in to talk with Dave. Also, uh, Burgess Everett from Politico is coming in. We have talked about this here, and some of the info I got came from Politico. A lot of Democrats want to shut down this idea of a third-party candidate, in particular Joe Manchin. They're concerned that if Joe Manchin is going to have a terrible fight for his re-election seat. I don't think anybody disagrees with that. But if, Joe, if not Joe Manchin, there ain't nobody who's got a shot in West Virginia uh, from the Democrat side of things. So the Democrats want to shut down the third-party candidates. Uh, and uh, he'll talk about that today with uh, with uh, Dave Wilson filling in for Hoppy and also Brad McElhinney in to talk about some of the other things that are uh, uh, going on uh, in West Virginia. We're at 65 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 67 at the Highland, 67 by my pool, not my pool, by my son's pool, out of my pool deck, uh, and 63 degrees here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Um, we might have a new appointee to the Ohio County School Board by the end of this week, Bob, possibly. You know something we don't know, Howard? I know only what I read in Jocelyn King's story in the morning intel today. Andy Garber, the Ohio County School Board president, and you all know the backstory on this. Grace Norton, of course, passed away a month or so ago. School board has to replace her uh, for the rest of her term. Uh, they came on down to two candidates, Olivia Lippman and Jessica Powers. Uh, the vote among the board members, the four board members split two to two, uh, and they could not uh, select someone. It went to the state school superintendent. Uh, Michelle Blatt, who now has to pick either one of those two, or she could pick somebody else. Andy Garber said yesterday that he did talk with the state school superintendent, and she said she has a few more things that I'm quoting here. She has a few more things to check on, including discussing it with the State Board of Education. I'm not quite sure why she has to do that, but okay. Um, She says she will know by the end of this week, according to Andy Garber. From what you just read, and maybe I'm making more of this, uh, I'm thinking third party. She wants to make sure that that third party that she chose is acceptable. I, I wouldn't have read that into this, what's here, but I, I agree with you. I think that that's a first place. I hope it's what she does, and I and it may well be what she does. My only concern, as I said before, if you had a state school superintendent, and this is not a she, – she's been in the Department of Education for many years, I think 16 years – She's only been superintendent, though, for uh, literally a few weeks. 
if you had a superintendent who had been superintendent for a lot of years and therefore had been around to all of the counties and visited the schools and knew about some of the active people in different counties, it'd be easier. I'm not sure how she picks a name other than the one sent to her. And I guess I am. What happens then is somebody's going to give her some names. And then my question becomes, who's giving her the names? And where's she getting the pressure from, if she gets any pressure at all? Uh, she is not a gubernatorial appointee, but the state school board is a gubernatorial appointee, and they hire her. So I, I, I don't know. But at any rate, Andy Garber says, according to the Morning Intel today, that uh, Michelle Blatt should have an answer to the question, uh, who's going to replace Grace Norton by the end of this week? And uh, I'll be curious. I'm extremely curious to see who, who, who she picks. Uh, seven till the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Ohio County, well, let me begin. Across the country, Bob, border to border, coast to coast, according to the American Road and Transportation Builders Association, they issue this report every year. One out of every three U.S. bridges is in need of repair or replacement. That's a pretty hefty number. A third of all the bridges in this country need to be repaired or replaced. 29% of the interstate bridges need repaired or replaced. That's scary stuff. It is, Howard, but I can remember hearing that number uh, before the pandemic and thinking, how are we going to fix this? Well, and that's the problem. This is not a new I mean, the number may be a little bit different now than it was. This has been an ongoing problem. No, but when they started divvying up all that money, oh, yes. they said, okay, we're going to take a big chunk or a, a pretty pretty nice chunk of that and fix these bridges because we really have no other choice. Well, in the infrastructure bill that was passed recently, um, thanks to Dave McKinley, not to Alex Mooney, um, sends a lot of money for bridges and so on into the, into the various states, including into West Virginia. The total cost of bridge repairs, again, we're talking right now, border to border, coast to coast, across the country, total cost of repairing the bridges that are in bad shape, $54 billion. So that's a lot of money it would take. Now, in West Virginia, um, the number one county with the worst bridges, of course, is... Probably right here. You betcha. One of the smallest counties in the state. In Ohio County, we have 37.7% of our bridges in poor condition. Now, let me put a couple caveats there so people don't get too panicky. Poor condition doesn't necessarily mean they're ready to fall into the river. Also, we're not talking about, I mean, some may be, but we're not talking about the suspension bridge. Well, it's closed. We're not talking about the Fort Henry Bridge or the, you know, the Moundsville Bridge. We're talking about lots of, the, there are little bridges, you know, out in the county, a little bridge over a little stream and so on. So total number of bridges in Ohio County, 114. 114 bridges. 43 of them are in poor condition. But again, I want to stress that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to collapse, although some of them may be ready to collapse. Howard, again, I'm, I'm just amazed. Again, Ohio County, we got a lot of people in, a, in the county, but the county itself is small. Marshall County is probably more than twice the size of Ohio County. Ohio County is small. So the whole state has the same conditions that we do. A lot of streams, a lot of water. Doesn't that surprise you? A little bitty we, county? we have 37.7% of our bridges in poor condition. Marshall County has 29.4%. They have a stream in Marshall County called Stalls Run where they don't even have a bridge, Howard. If you're <laughs> going to cross it, you have to drive through it. We have, part of the reason I think is because we have so many bridges. We have 114 bridges in Ohio County. Marshall County has 85. 
uh, and 25 of them are in poor shape. I think Wetzel County, let me see. Oh. <laughs> they don't need a bridge. I was saying, they just drive through the they street. Well, Go out to Fish Creek, see how many bridges you got out there, Howard. Reminds me of the time my son, Jason, and Natalie, when they were at, uh, in college, and they were living in a shack, literally a shack. Um, and first time Nancy and I went to meet them, to visit them, and they gave us directions and come down this road and turn left here and blah, blah, blah. And I, I came to a creek. And I cell phone, it was now the big, it was still the big brick, you know, it was for the real cell. But uh, I, Jason, I don't know where we're at. We're, we're lost somewhere. We've, we're, just dri- we're just driven to the edge of a creek. He said, Dad, drive on through. <laughs> That's what he said. Dad, just, just drive on through. Just drive on through. We're on the other side. And so, so, so maybe it's because we actually have bridges here in Ohio County. <laughs> That's the point. We, we actually have bridges. Therefore, ours are in worse, in worse shape. Let me look and see what else is in the panhandle here. Run this down real quick. Um, Wetzel County, 26% of their bridges are in poor condition. They have 107 bridges. They got more than Marshall County as far as bridges go. Hancock County has 29 bridges. Seven are in poor condition. And I think those are the only panhandle counties that are in the top 20 here. But Ohio County, number one for bad bridges, uh, 37.7% of our bridges are in poor condition. Again, I want to stress, I don't want people to go panicking. A lot of these bridges are the little tiny bridges over a little tiny stream somewhere. And the fact they're in poor condition doesn't necessarily mean they're collapsing. Although, in some cases, it does. Uh, the one that we talk about the most in Elm Grove, it's got to be one of the old, oldest, if not the old, oldest bridge in the whole state. It was Virginia when it was built. You're talking about the Hump Bridge? Yes. Well, it is the oldest. It is the oldest bridge. In, yes, it is the oldest bridge. It, it, it needs repair. It's the oldest in the state. And we're waiting for medicine shop man to say we can come in and fix the bridge. <laughs> it was built for carriages. And uh, it's just, geez. All right, I'm, oh, I'm way behind. Do I have to do another break? Or are we all? <laughs> to, am I, or we, did we screw it up? Did no, I no, no, we got everything in. All right, all right. Coming up next hour, uh, we didn't get to Bob Huggins at all. We, we're going to have time. Hopefully we'll have time to talk about Huggins. Um, the story really isn't any different except he's doubling down on this I didn't resign. But it does raise a couple of questions like, he says in his, his attorney says, got to be careful with that too, his attorney's letter says that Huggins met with the team and said, I don't know what's going to happen to me. And yet what we heard was he had told the team he was, he had re- resigned. So can't we talk to the team and say, what did he tell you? I mean, that would be the answer. And he says, his attorney says that the resignation email did not come from Bob Huggins. It may have come from his wife. I, that thoroughly confuses me. You, did your wife just decide out of nowhere to write an email to, to you know, for you to retire? I, he's throwing his wife under the bus. I want to talk about this and more coming up next hour, if we have time. But our guest will be uh, from the Ohio v- River Valley Institute talking about the cracker plant in uh, Beaver County and how successful has it been in terms of an economic development project. That's coming up next hour on the Watchdog Morning Show. Right now it's 9 o'clock and ABC covers the world. KKX Wheeling, FM 97.7, AM 1370, WVLY Moundsville. From ABC News. I'm Sherry Preston. Sweden is poised to become the next member of the NATO alliance following Finland's entry earlier this year. Turkey has lifted its objection.